Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I am fine. You see, we have a different setting today. We have to yet adjust it and a blank wall behind me with Our Lady. Um, we are not at Monica's. We've tried this back at home on the farm. We're in the country, and uh, we have only a satellite on the roof, so we're hoping this will work. Um, and it's a blank wall of our mobile home. We're hoping to build a little monastery, but right now we're in two mobile homes. Um, and so um, uh, coming to you from there. So God bless you. And um, we are going to continue this morning on um, uh, with the book, The Catechism uh, Explained. And we are on Section 5, The Christian Faith. And I'm just going to Note the points we've covered. The first one is that the Christian faith is the firm conviction. Now again, the Christian faith is the Catholic faith. Any other form of Christianity, a 40,000 Protestant denomination, anyone else that calls Christian, um, they are Christian if they've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, but they are not in the Catholic Church uh, in the fullness, that is, of the faith our Lord established. So when we talk about the Christian faith, we're speaking of the church that Christ established 2,000 years ago. And the first point is that the Christian faith is the firm conviction arrived at with the grace of God that all that Jesus Christ taught on earth is true as well as all that the Catholic Church teaches by the commission she has received from him. And again, The Catholic Church teaches nothing that is new past the final apostle because all revelation was given in the first century and the death of the last apostle, no future revelation was given. It is, as St. Jude wrote, the faith once delivered to the saints. As you plant a tree, you plant an acorn which grows into a huge acorn tree that covers a vast area and the tree doesn't look like the acorn because it's its full development. But everything is in that acorn. Everything. And you could trace the true development from the acorn into its branches and conversely from the branches back into the acorn. And you can determine everything that's a true branch from a false branch. Same thing with, the, with what is taught in Christianity. If it is taught and was part of the faith um, of the first century, once delivered to the saints, uh, you can trace its development into the church now all over the world. Um, And you can trace every doctrine that's spoken back to the first century. And if it's false, such as is being promulgated today with homosexuality and so-called same-sex marriage and ordination of women, all of that completely false and you'll never find it in the first century or in the faith once delivered to the saints. It's not a development of doctrine. It is a development of doctrine, but it's not um, uh, the growth of doctrine into new revelation. 
So point two is that faith is concerned with many things which we cannot perceive with our senses and cannot grasp with our understanding. Point three, we act quite in accordance with reason when we believe because we trust ourselves to God's truthfulness and because we know for certain that the truths of faith are revealed to us by God. And let me just see... Um, Let me just see. I think, yes, we went through this yesterday. Let me go to point four. The Christian faith comprises all the doctrines of the Catholic faith, and that's where we are for today. He who willfully disbelieves a single doctrine of the Catholic Church has no true faith. Why is that? Why is that? If you believe, disbelieve one single doctrine of the Catholic Church, you have no true faith. Why? Because you're believing in doctrines apart from the Church. If you believe it's the Church that our Lord established, then you and He is truth, the way, the, the truth and the life, then everything the Church teaches is true, whether we understand it or not, and whether we believe it or not, it's true. So if we say we're Catholic, but I don't quite believe in purgatory, I don't quite believe in this or that, then you're not Catholic then you're a Protestant calling yourself Catholic and picking and choosing what you believe. He who willfully disbelieves a single doctrine of the Catholic Church has no true faith, for he who receives some of the words of Christ and rejects others does not really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he guides the Catholic Church. A faith which does not comprise all the doctrines of the Catholic Church is no faith at all. It is like a house without a foundation. A man who believes all other Catholic doctrines but rejects, for example, the infallibility of the Pope has no true faith. And, and we need to understand, beloved, that the infallibility of the Pope has not to do with his daily comments or even daily teachings. It has to do only with one matter. It's actually a negative gift. And that is, when the Pope declares a doctrine which is binding on the faithful that we must believe, then it is protected by the Holy Spirit. It's not that he speaks infallibly. It is that the Holy Spirit withholds him from speaking error that is binding on the faithful. This Holy Father, currently Pope Francis, has spoken many errors, but not one that he has made binding on the faithful. But a man who believes all other Catholic doctrines but rejects the infallibility of the Pope in the true meaning of infallibility has no true faith. What insolence it is on the part of men to treat God like a dishonest dealer, to confuse faith with opinion. Faith is certain and sure. Opinion is not. Okay. Hold on now. And what utter folly to think that we know better than God. As a bell in which there is one little crack is worthless. As one false note destroys a harmony... As grain, a grain of sand in the eye prevents one from seeing, so the rejection of a single dogma makes faith impossible. He who willfully rejects a single dogma 
sins against the whole body of the doctrine of the Catholic Church. It was the same with Israel, beloved. If you stumble in one point, you've stumbled in all. You either believe God establishes church, that he will lead into all truth till the end of time, against which the gates of hell will not prevail, or you don't believe it. You're listening to many false teachings and subject to many false and, and, uh, and almost demonically powerful actions by bishops and others in the church. But that's not the faith God gave. You need to know your faith. You say, well, how do we separate faith from error then? By reading the faith. Get a copy of the Catechism Explained, and it has a good index, and you'll be able to look everything up. Although it is necessary to faith that all the teaching of the Catholic Church should be believed, yet it is not necessary to be acquainted with every one of her doctrines. But a Catholic must, at the very least, know that there is a God, and that God directs the life of men, rewards the good, and punishes the wicked. He must also know that there are three persons in God, and that the second person of the Blessed Trinity has become man and has redeemed us on the cross. St. Paul tells us that he cometh to God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that seek him. This was the minimum required before the coming of Christ, and it is now required of those who have never come within reach of the gospel. In a country where the gospel is preached, the case is quite different. See, in, where the gospel is not pre- preached, Paul's statement holds, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. God has put the knowledge of himself, dear ones, in every creature, Romans chapter 1, verse 19, so that no one, the scripture says, without excuse for not knowing that God exists and for being a seeker of him. And that's why the Catechism says that those who through no fault of their own, and only God knows, the ones uh, who are faultless in this, yet respond to the grace God has given them and truly seek him, can be saved. Not will, but they can be saved because God can um, come to them at any point and if they're truly seeking him, they'll believe. Same with a Catholic. If you're Catholic, you... Um, are truly seeking God, you can be saved. If you deny one thing the church teaches, you are not Catholic, and you are not a true seeker of God. In a country where the gospel is preached, the case is quite different, and no one can be admitted to the sacraments of baptism or penance until he has been instructed, instructed in the above-mentioned truths. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be back after the break, and after the second break, we'll take uh, your calls and your emails with any whoever on your heart. And the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So, an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. And by far the most transforming aspect of this experience was simply coming into the direct knowledge that God himself not only knew me by name, but had been paying attention to me as though I were the only creature he had ever created. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live. I am she, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And you see, we're at a new location, which happens to be our mobile home in um, in Tyler. Until we were hoping to build a little monastery, but we've got a couple of mobile homes um, on a lot of mud right now. Um, uh, and so you're seeing a, a almost a blank wall with my little lady. Um, and we're thrilled to be with you. We have a satellite on the roof. And so, uh, so far, we're able to bring you the program from home, which is wonderful. And we are reading the Catechism Explained. And we're on the point of the Christian faith, and that is the Catholic Church. The faith that God wants delivered to the saints. And saying that there's no further revelation uh, past the last apostle. There's a development of doctrine, but if the development does not square with the initial f- doctrine given, it is false. Um, and if you really want to know what the church teaches, you must get a catechism. You can look online, catholic.com, many, uh, EWTN, many good sources, uh, for sure, but you're not, we're not going to always be able to count on having computers and electricity, uh, even maybe within our lifetime. I don't know. But if you get a book, you can have it with you. 
and the catechism explained, I always mention it was recommended by Father Chad Ripiger, and he's wonderful. And the, 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 the difference between the Vatican II Council and the Council of Trent is Vatican II was pastoral, uh, having to do with how we live the faith. But the Council of Trent was fully doctrinal, correcting the errors of the Reformation and, and stating clearly the faith. So the entire faith is in that book. Nothing's outdated. It's a good thing to get. And it's on the line I've mentioned before of the Baltimore Catechism, a question and answer session, which is very helpful for pa families. But it doesn't just give you the question and answer as the Baltimore Catechism it does. It explains everything. So it's a thick book. It's published by Mediatrix Press. You can also get it on Amazon and Catholic bookstores. Okay, we're going to continue now with uh, what faith is. And where we're at says, he, it's Reverend Sparago, he who has an opportunity of being instructed must also learn and understand the Apostles' Creed, the commandments of God and of the Church. And also he must have some knowledge of the doctrines of grace, of the sacraments, and of prayer, as set forth in some catechism authorized by the bishops of the country where he lives. <clears throat> Point five, faith is a gift of God, since the power to believe can only be attained through the grace of God. Grace, beloved, is God's life in us. And apart from grace, no one can call Jesus Lord, the scriptures say. No one can call him Lord but by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the grace of God imparted to us. Faith is a gift. St. Paul tells us that by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works. It's the gift of God. Faith without works is dead. Uh, works without faith is dead. You need both. You need faith, as Paul wrote to the Galatians, faith working through love. And, um, but faith, again, is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. No one will ever earn or deserve heaven. It is a gift. And then the fruit of faith is our work. Our Lord says, no man can come to me unless it be given to him by my Father. God gives us the gift of faith in baptism. Hence, baptism is called the sacrament of faith. Until the newly baptized child comes to the use of reason, he cannot use his power of believing or make an act of faith. He's like a child who is asleep, who has the faculty of sight, but cannot use it until he opens his eyes. Then he can see the objects around him under the influence of the light. So the child who attains to reason is able to believe the truths of religion under the influence of the grace of God. God bestows the knowledge of the truth and the gift of faith chiefly on those who, one, strive after it with earnestness and perseverance, two, live a God-fearing life, and three, Pray that they may find the truth. I'm going to repeat that. This is crucial. God bestows the knowledge of the truth and the gift of faith chiefly on those who, first, strive after it with earnestness and perseverance. First commandment, to seek to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Secondly, live a God-fearing life. Whoever you believe God is, whatever you believe he is, do nothing that would not honor him. Number three, 
pray that you may find the truth. In earnestness, an earnest desire after truth is a sure means of attaining to it. For our Lord has said that those who hunger and thirst after justice shall have their fill. And again, God says, through the mouth of the prophet Jeremiah, you shall find me when you seek me with your whole heart. The Roman philosopher Justinus was an an instance from the fulfillment of his promise, for God rewarded his earnest desire for truth by causing him to fall in with an old man on the banks of the Tiber who instructed him in the truths of the Christian faith. A life in accordance with the law of God will also obtain the grace of faith. And now let me say this. Everyone has the law of God written in their heart. We're created with that. It's what our conscience is. Everyone has the law of God created in their heart. Everyone. And that's why when Paul argues to the Romans, um, God says to Paul, those without the law who are the Gentiles, who obey the works of the law written on their heart will get into heaven before the Jews who have the oracles of God written out. We all have the law of God in our heart. In fact, that's what the commandments are. They are the law of God that he put in our heart upon creation, written on stone. Our Lord said in the Gospel of John, if anyone shall do the will of God, he shall know of the doctrine. To such a one will give an interior, God will give an interior light, or will send someone to instruct him, as he did to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. So Cardinal Newman prayed for long years for kindly light, the kindly light which at last brought him to the door of the Catholic Church, and the same was the case with countless other converts from Protestantism. It was with me too. It was with me too. I, pers- beloved, I longed for nothing past the faith I knew and the scriptures I knew as an evangelical Protestant. I didn't even know that heaven could be better. I was so in love with God. I loved the scriptures. I memorized them. I taught them. I had no clue uh, that there was any more and longed for nothing more. But I came across those, my brother especially, who I thought was duped into believing the Catholic Church. And I said, how could such an intelligent man be so fooled, be so taken in by error? And I went to try to save him. And him and Scott Hahn, this Presbyterian minister who became Catholic, I thought there's no way that anyone could have had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and become Catholic, gone into what I was taught was Satan's system, man-made false religious system, all of that. Some of you understand what I'm saying, whether you're Catholic or Protestant. And I, I said, this is insane. What has... I had no desire to look into it. But God worked with me in a way that I had no choice but to look into it, even if it was to save Catholics. And it was almost a five-year journey. And I came into what I now believe and came to believe was not just the full measure of Christianity, but the utter fulfillment of Judaism. And I'm a happy camper. And there's no place else to go. I'm in the church our Lord established. It's the greatest blessing...
world, beloved, and I see what's going on around me, and I see false teaching come out, and I see the Pope leading people astray, and I see bishops closing churches, and I see the sheep being devastated, and it's heartbreaking, and it's horrible. But I'm not going to be Judas and leave the church that our Lord established because things are bad. They've always been bad, and maybe they're worse now that they've ever been. But Again, Frank Sheet has said, an apologist of two centuries back, the church is the cause of the member, of the, um, the cause of the holiness of her members, but its holiness is not based on their response. All the people could go astray, all the bishops, everybody. It doesn't mean the church is false. And if anyone is true, it's because the church is true. Sometimes God in his mercy gives the gift of faith even to the enemies of the church, as he did to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. But it is for the most part to those who are in good faith in their errors. So if you're Protestant and you challenge God, all right, Lord, show me it's true, I'm asking you. Well, of course, that's in bad faith and bad spirit. God can break through that and show you anyway. Uh, Apostle Paul didn't ask God to show him if it's true. God may answer that. But if you ask him uh, that if it's true, that he can give you a a truth-seeking heart, and you don't have to be afraid, because God is truth. And if the Catholic Church is false, trust God to not lead you there. I trusted him, and it was a very fearful journey. I'm truly home, and I, it, it's an amazing thing to believe that God kept me through my 18 Protestant years and brought me in through evangelical Protestantism because I needed whatever I needed, a black and white, I needed black and white answers, I needed God in some kind of a box, and I needed a truncated Christianity, I don't know what I needed, but that was my entrance into Christianity, and now I have the full measure of who God is. And I feel like a child in the synagogue again. There's no way to put my arms around God or to understand all. But he's given us so much to understand through the scriptures, through the apostles, through the prophets, through 2,000 years of of Christianity. When God bestows upon a man the gift of faith, he either implores employs one of the ordinary means of grace, such as preaching, or in some cases, an extraordinary means, such as a miracle. The ordinary means are preaching, reading, and personal instruction. St. Augustine was converted by the preaching of St. Ambrose in the Cathedral of Milan, St. Ignatius of Loyola by reading the lives of the saints, the Ethiopian eunuch by his conversion with St. Philip. Extraordinary means are those of which we find many at the beginning of the Christian era, such as the star that the Magi followed, the light that shone upon St. Paul on his journey to Damascus, and the voice that he heard from heaven, the great cross that the Emperor Constantine saw in the sky with the words, in hoc signo vinci, the vision of Our Lady that Radisbon saw in the Church of St. Andrea in Rome in the year 1842. Beloved, God uses many, many miracles to lead people to faith but it's not his ordinary way god has given us a heart he's given the gift of knowing that he exists 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you do, whether you're Protestant or Jewish or even a fallen away Catholic, uh, he will answer you. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 16th. Today we celebrate St. Gilbert of Sepringham. A life of luxury was within easy reach of today's saint. Born in 1083 to a wealthy family in Sepringham, England, but Gilbert chose another path and happily followed it for more than 100 years. Following studies abroad, Gilbert was ordained to the priesthood and served as parish priest at Sepringham. He lived simply, consumed little food, and spent a good portion of many nights in prayer. His congregation included a small number of young women who told him of their desire to live in religious life. A house was built for them adjacent to the church. Later, lay sisters and lay brothers were added to work the land. The religious order formed eventually became known as the Gilbertines, the only one of English origin founded during the Middle Ages. It came to an end when King Henry VIII suppressed all Catholic monasteries. Gilbert died in 1190 and was canonized only 13 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam, and I am live in a new setting right now in my mobile home in Tyler, Texas, with the sisters. We're in a couple of mobile homes here on a lot of mud, and um, we have some land, and we're hoping to build a little monastery, and I, we need to dress up the wall behind me and, and fix up the camera, but we're here, and it's working, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. And this half hour is ours. Our lines are wide open, our phone lines. You're welcome to call in with whatever is on your heart, toll-free, um, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Peter, <clears throat> and Peter writes, Cardinal Robert McElroy of the Diocese of San Diego recently wrote an article about radical inclusion, that's in quotes, in the Church for the LGBTQ Community women regarding their participation in mass, as service, etc., and others. Well, I haven't read your email yet, Peter, but 
There is no church for the LGBTQ community. There is only the Church of Jesus Christ, the Catholic Church, which says through the years that no homosexual or anything LGBTQ stands for will enter heaven. Um, let me continue reading your article. In the article, um, Cardinal Robert McElroy states the following, quote, Reforming our own structures of exclusion will require a long pilgrimage of prayer, reflection, dialogue, and action, all of which should begin now. Such a pilgrimage must be infused with an overpowering dedication to listen attentively to the Holy Spirit in a process of discernment, not political action. It must reflect the reality that we are part of a universal and hierarchical church that is bound together on a journey of faith and communion. Our efforts must find direction and consolation in the Eucharist and the Word of God. And they must reflect the understanding that in a church that seeks unity, renewal and reform are frequently gradual processes. No, they're not. No, they're not. The only agent of unity is truth. We have no unity with those outside the truth, outside the Catholic Church. We have much in common with Protestants, but there's no unity because we don't believe the same thing. There cannot be unity between those who believe that the Eucharist is the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ and those who think it's a symbol. There's no unity whatsoever. Um, unity apart from truth is not unity. It's a sham. Um, renewal and reform are frequently a gradual process. It's, a, it's, it's called obedience. It's called obedience. Teaching the truth and obeying the truth. Peter says, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe that God, the Holy Spirit, or any other binding figure of our universal church would ever agree to a single word that has been uttered in the excerpt above. I'm with you on that. This is some kind of modern, vague speak that I've heard from a number of bishops and even some priests. It frankly makes me ill. It makes me ill. It has nothing to do with Church, the church Christ established or the truth uh, that is to be taught. He says they certainly would not take the stance that by following the suggestions above, we Catholics are somehow being charitable and bringing people closer to God. No way. Reading this, Peter says, shook me to the core. Well, it didn't shake me to the core, Peter, because I know it's utterly false, but it's made me a bit nauseous. He says, reading this shook me to the core because it makes apparent just how seriously some of our shepherds are taking this attack on our own church and faith. Not just taking the attack, giving the attack. He says, your colleague at the Station of the Cross, Father Robert McTeague, recently published an episode in which he dissected this article and explained its many falsehoods and inconsistencies. Blessed be God for Father McTeague. However, I would like to hear what you have to say about this as well, Mother if you haven't gotten a chance to read the whole thing, and I warn you, it's a tough read, you can find it at americamagazine.org. Thank you, and God bless you, Peter. Um, 
I, I, I could read that article, America, but I've already read the excerpt and it makes me nauseous. Beloved, if you're listening, if you read that, it is not the Catholic faith. It is not the Catholic faith. It is the lack of faith of bishops that have gone astray, that have ceased to be bishops, and that have lost the Catholic faith if they ever have it. If they ever had it, they've lost it. They are false shepherds of the sheep. And we need to know our faith well enough to recognize that and, um, and to stay far from them. The only way to welcome LGBTQ plus community is to teach them the gospel. If they are open to learning the means of salvation, that is they are to be welcomed to that, not to fellowship. There's no fellowship between Satan um, and Christ, none. LGBTQ is all of Satan. It has nothing to do with Christ. And there's no fellowship there. If anyone's heart is open, we want to do everything we can to help them to come to the truth or come back to it. We have a call from Sandy in North Carolina. Hi, Sandy. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning, Mother. Uh, uh, good morning, dear. Glad that you called in. Go ahead, honey. Um, I wanted to ask about, um, I just recently found my faith again. I, um, I got a memory problem, so I don't know what? if I was ever baptized. My mother passed last year, but... I just recently started learning the rosary, and someone I had heard someone say that if I do it wrong, that it would invoke bad things. Is that true? or No way. That's not false. As false as you get. As false as you get. If you're praying the rosary and you're making mistakes or you're forgetting it or all that, that don't worry about that at all. You, you can get a pamphlet that you could read it rather than try to memorize anything. Lots of pamphlets out. Um... But no, 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 no. If you're if you're uh, deliberately um, messing up the rosary and not doing what Our Lady has asked, I would you know that would be a question of your of your sincerity and your intent. But if you're just making mistakes and you're messing up and if there's nothing dangerous, there's nothing wrong. You're not invoking anything bad. Unless you're saying, unless you're asking the devil to come, and you're not, I'm sure of that. So get a um, um, get a printout of of how to say the rosary, and you can always keep it before you, and it'll keep you on track. Okay, sounds good. And, and, and Sandy, one 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 more thing that uh, concerning what you said, you said your memory is not good, and you don't recall if you were baptized. Are you in the Catholic Church now? Are you going to the Catholic Church? Well, I went about two weeks ago, and we only have one that I know of. And I went, and they wouldn't even let me do Mass. He said I couldn't do Communion, and he wasn't starting the class anytime soon. But they did give me some holy water. And I had a nervous breakdown when I got home. And then, of course, it's all over the news where, you know, everything is going on. So I just kind of... Okay, hold on now. Hold on. Hold on, sweetheart. Have you ever been truly Catholic? Do you know? Have you ever been in the Catholic Church as a member? Do you know that? I don't remember um, if my mother did. Okay. I don't know. She passed away about a year ago. So, uh, All right, sweetheart. Um, how old are you now? I am 48. Okay. All right, honey. So um, I would say that... 
if if the pastor didn't if if you don't know that you're truly Catholic and have had gone to confession had com, uh, communion all that. Um, He's right to not give you the Eucharist. He's right uh, to not give you the Eucharist. But you know what I would say for you to do is, is there a Latin church in your area in North Carolina? Do you know if there's a Latin mass? I don't think so. I'm up in the country, the the boonies. Um, All right. All right. All right. Here's what I suggest, sweetheart. Um... See if you can make an appointment. Was it the pastor who didn't want you to get into the church or do anything? Or was it the people? It was the father. They took me in the back and um, he blessed my sacraments and stuff and said uh, that he couldn't do it. And you know, it probably wouldn't be no time soon. And I was like, oh, well, what am I supposed to do? And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and yeah. Shame I just walked out before I started crying. <laughs> I don't blame you, Sandy. Shame on that priest. Shame on that priest. Do you know if he's the only priest in that parish? Um, I could probably find out. Um, I called okay, like a week before I went. I was hoping I would run into another priest or father, but it was still the same one. Yeah. Oh, dear. Shame on that priest. Um, Sandy, um, see if you can call the diocese. And tell them that you're in the country, there's only one church, and that you went, and the priest said he couldn't do anything for you till the fall, even to instruct you or bring you into the church. Tell him that. And um, say, I, tell him you, your mother passed away last year, you don't recall if you were ever baptized, but you would like to have a conditional baptism in case you weren't baptized, and that you'd like instruction and to come into the faith. And the priest said, RCA doesn't start until fall, and he can't do anything for you between now and then. That is, I would just say it's simply demonic. You don't keep somebody from salvation for all those months. That's insane, Sandy. See if you can call the diocese. Ask to speak to um, uh, the priest in charge of the parishes or a pastoral counselor or someone like that and tell them what happened and just say, I really want instruction. I want to be baptized, or at least conditionally baptized, if my if I wasn't baptized, and take instruction to come into the church. Is it possible that I would have to wait till September and let them work with you? Okay, sounds good. And one more small question. Right. Why did Jesus look up at uh, uh, God and say, why do you beseech me when he was on the cross? I know that's not a small question. That's a huge one, and it's a good question for anybody to ask. Um, God said in the whole of scriptures, he cannot look on sin, and the soul that sinneth must, must die. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or forgiveness of sin. When Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, you know, in the Old Testament, symbolically, the people brought a four-legged a little creature, lamb, to the altar, and they put their hands on the lamb, and it was symbolic of the sin being transferred from the person to that little four-legged creature. So symbolically, the person was free of sin, and the lamb took the place of the person, and then the lamb was slain in payment for that person's sin. But no Old Testament lamb could save us. They were dead, the creatures. Jesus came as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When he went up to the cross, 
he took all our sins on him like the Old Testament lamb did. The difference is this was a living lamb without sin, a perfect offering, the only holy offering that God would ever accept. And our sins, the sins of the entire world, Sandy, past, present, and future were put on him. The sins of the whole world were transferred onto Christ on that cross. And God could not look on sin and he looked away from his son. And so for the first time in all of creation, our Lord said, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he was fully man, even though he was fully God, and knew that in that manhood had been separated from God. Does that help a little bit, Sandy? Yes, ma'am, it does. God bless you, Mother Mary. Okay. Have a blessed day. You, you too, sweet. Call in when, when you, uh, if you get help from the diocese, let me know how things go. Okay, we'll pray for you. God bless you, Sandy. Oh, you're on Facebook. Oh, great. Okay, thank you, honey. Um, and we'll be right back. There's the music, beloved, for our last break, and we'll come back. Uh, there'll still be time. Uh, for you to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483 and we'll be right back. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day and the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and we are live 
Um, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And you have got, we have about 10 minutes. You're welcome to call in again with anything on your heart, toll free, one 877 5483 or email at mother at com. Mark from California is on the line. Hello, Mark. Hello, uh, good morning, Mother. I just have a question. No, the thing is, starting this year, I started praying the rosary in Latin, at least good. three basic prayers. Is Are they more good. efficacious compared to praying it in English? I don't know. Uh, God looks on the heart. And so it, it's the two people can pray in English and one's more efficacious than another. The same thing, two people can play in, pray in Latin, one's more efficacious than another. It's, it's the issue of the heart, not the language. However, Latin is the language of the church and it is said that the, the uh, devil hates Latin. So I think it's a good thing to learn Latin and pray in Latin. We're doing that here. Um, but um, if you're praying the rosary in English, it's just fine. It's an issue of the heart, not 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 a problem. Uh, that's good. And then another thing, though, uh, Mother, uh, this is with regards to a Latin mass. I'm currently not driving because I had two brain surgeries, oh and my. I might have another one in next year. So far, the thing is, what I do is we attend the Novus Ordo mass personally with my dad my dad drives me there and then with Good. regards i want to attend mass every day i attend the latin mass through the internet it's called livemass.net how do you make well, you it don't attend you don't attend mark we don't attend mass on the internet we watch it it it's not the same as it, it we attend in person watching the mass is not the same as going to mass I think it's great that you're watching it, but you're not attending it. Uh, okay, that's fine. But I learn a lot from that's on the weekdays. Because oh, for sure. Back in the, yeah, before back in the day, I used to attend Mass daily Good. until I got messed up with the Novus Ordo Mass. And then my health also does not allow me to drive yes. yet, but hopefully I can drive soon. Okay. So you just watch it, I suppose. Uh, sure. Nothing more. But I learned a lot from the F- FSSP. Oh. Yeah, one in Warrington, okay. one in Sarsen. Yeah, FSSP, yeah. Uh, they're wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I learned a lot from them. I've been attending that online. Not attending, but watching it online for Good. two years now. I learned a lot. Yeah, definitely. Wonderful. That's all, Mother. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome, sweetheart. So, um, you're going to Novus Ordo. Is it a is it a somewhat reverent? Oh yeah, yeah. They sing some songs in Latin, and of course the okay. the priest there. That's why I heard of I Catholic Radio. I went to confession, and he gave me the the speech of Jesse Romero. At first, I wasn't impressed. Right. I think the guy is loud. But later on, he mentioned about Chad <laughs> Ripperger. Uh, he said, oh, yeah. he's probably great. There's something. I listen to him every day now. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. he's a wonderful priest. And it sounds like the priest of the Novus Ordo Parish you're going to is a good priest. So that's wonderful. I know. Yeah, that's correct. Because, and the people hate his sermons because it's long. But he teaches the faith, basically. But he's okay, though. That's Definitely, I recommend him. Yeah. Well, when there's no Latin Mass to attend nearby, that's the best you can do, is to attend a Reverend Novus Ordo, and I'm glad you have that. Uh, okay, yeah. 
Anyway, thank you, Mark. We'll say a prayer a for you, Mark. Day. Okay, and God bless uh, you, okay, and, you and heal you and restore your health. Okay, thank you, Mother. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, we have Raymond from Massachusetts on the line. Hello, Raymond. Hello, Mother Miriam. How are you? Hi. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, okay. I listened to your previous caller. I caught part of that where he's having a hard time, you know, getting into a church right away. And, you know, the, the, the answer, maybe the pastor was having a bad day, but... Um, I would, my advice to him, and I was an instructor in RCA for like four or five years, which doesn't make me an expert, but I would advocate him to go to weekly mass regardless. He'll become a familiar face and he'll probably meet some nice parishioners that might help take him under their wing and guide him along in the practice of the faith. And he can maybe, you know, download the Laudette app and as well as the EWTN app and explore some of the Catholic teachings, again, to prepare himself to be prepared. God won't, I don't think God or Jesus would refuse somebody's effort to try to come into the church and not give him a blessing, you know? Okay, I think that's a wonderful call, Raymond. You're 100% right. And I... I, um you know, I, I think I um, had a little anger um, when I heard that the priest simply shrugged, shrugged his shoulders and said there's nothing he can do. So I thought, That's his, this is poor. This is very poor. But um, uh, let me just see who that, I don't know. I'm trying to remember the name of the gentleman. Uh, I guess, I think it was Sandy. Um I'm not sure now, but um, Raymond, your call is perfect, and you're very, very right. So, Sandy, or if you're listening, um, uh, I would, I would do what Raymond's saying. See if you can begin to attend um, and learn the mass, and make some friends, and and perhaps you'll meet some people that uh, can that will instruct you into the faith, which would be wonderful. So, Raymond, it's a very good call on your part. Your heart is great. Thank you so much for it. All right, you're welcome. Have a great day. Okay. God bless you, Raymond. Um, We have an email from Julia. Julia says, Did I hear you say that Jesus wants all of us to be Catholic? Yes, he wants all of us to be saved. He wants all of us to be in heaven. That's it's, It's saying the same thing. Um, Julia says, are other denominations and churches not worthy of heaven? No, they are not. They are not. Only the church Christ established. Um, And only if we keep his commandments and we're baptized and we uh, follow the teachings that he's given. No one else is worthy of heaven. Uh, Both my children and their families have left the Catholic Church and are now attending a Christian church called Crosslands. It is led by a fallen away Catholic. I keep praying for them to return to the Catholic Church and for God's will to be done with them. Again, as Raymond just said in his call, God is merciful. It doesn't mean we leave people in their error, but we know that if they're truly seeking him, he can lead them all the way to truth. Um, there's such a thing as a desire of uh, baptism and all of that. So um, I, I, only God can know the individual heart. Um, uh, she writes, uh, my children, 
My stepchildren also question the Catholic Church and do not feel like they can trust the Catholic Church. Well, you can trust the Catholic Church. You cannot necessarily trust people within it, even the leaders necessarily, but you can trust the church and the teachings that Christ gave because they're not from men, they're from God. You can trust the scriptures and you can trust the faith once delivered to the saints. And she says, what can I say or do to help these 30, 40 year olds, 30 to 40 year olds? I love the Catholic church which all, with all its faults. Well, the Catholic Church has no faults, but the people within it do, because it was instituted by Jesus Christ, and I find so much joy in praising and worshiping God through the tradition of the Catholic Church. Thank you, Julia. The best thing we can do, Julia, is to know our faith, to learn what we don't know, and to live it with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then we can begin to help others to do the same, and to begin to help them back to the true faith, a little by little, but certainly our prayers, our sacrifices, and living an uncompromising life, especially if there are relatives, and we live the truth in love, and we speak the truth in love, um, the greatest tool to bring them back home. God bless you, everyone, and God willing, we'll speak with you tomorrow.